And my mom looked down at his boot and said, what is that? And there was a bulge in his boot. And I just remember this. I was very young, but I still remember every detail. And he said, it's a gun. And he pulled it out and he showed it to her. And just in a flash, a shot went out. Stay good day. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear from a Cherokee woman who was rejected in her youth by someone who should have loved her and about the impact that had on her life. My name is Deborah Consine Bradley. I am uh, a member of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. I'm half Cherokee. Um, I was born and raised here on the reservation, and we're here in Cherokee, North Carolina now. But as I give my testimony, um, you'll see that I have lived away from the reservation for a while. It is very hard for me to tell you about my life, but um, I will begin by telling you that um, I was born in 1957. It was a time when the reservation here in Cherokee, uh, it was extremely poor. As a little girl, I was... um the fourth child of a full-blood Cherokee woman. She was a very beautiful woman. Unfortunately, um, she loved her alcohol, and she already had four children. Like I said, I was the fourth child. All of us had different fathers. As a result of her drinking, after I was born, I became the responsibility, along with my other siblings, uh, the responsibility of my grandfather, who was a full-blood Cherokee. He was also a Baptist preacher. And my grandmother, and she was a full-blood Cherokee, but she was a traditionalist. And even though my grandfather was a preacher, she dabbled in her conjuring, and her lifestyle was quite different. As a child, I'm, and very young, I knew my mom, she would come in and out of the house, but because of alcohol, my grandparents really didn't want the alcohol around the children. In those very early years, I just remember it being very hard. Um, there were times when I just remember our, um, food was limited. There was also a hunger, a spiritual, emotional hunger. I also had a lot of fear of my grandmother. My grandmother scared me. She always told bizarre stories, and she did a lot of bizarre things that really scared me. But she also instilled in me, because she projected a lot of her resentment against her, my mother toward me, because I looked... um I have green eyes and lighter skin. My other brothers and sisters had different fathers, and they were darker. They looked more Cherokee. Um, I'm light-skinned. Um, so as a result of that, she treated me real bad. The bottom line is she didn't like me. And she was always uh, reminding me that I looked white. So my... My relationship with my grandmother, it was very hard. It was very harsh. It was bitter. She resented me. Um, 
I don't ever remember her, her ever speaking a kind word to me. Now, my grandfather, on the other hand, he was a fluent speaker. He only spoke Cherokee. He spoke very limited English. But, you know, I spent a lot of time with my uh, my grandfather, my grandmother, trying to get me, just get me out of her sight, would many times send me with my grandfather when he went fishing. And there was such a wonderful piece about my grandfather. I remember many times he would take this little testament and it was in Cherokee, but he would sit under the tree while he was fishing and he'd tell me to watch the line and he would sit there and he'd read his testament. And like I said, he, he did not speak English. He, he read Cherokee. He preached in Cherokee. He spoke Cherokee and he would share much with me, but he wasn't a talkative man. And when I was with him, there was such a peace and a, just a sense of uh, contentment when I was with him. There was no shame, no fear, no judgmental attitude, just a wonderful sense of peace. Now, at the age of four, my mom moved us into a shack that had beds over in the corner. Um, they were old army cots. So this would have been the early I guess about 1960 by then, and we had an old wooden table and a wood stove. Um, my grandpa came up and built a um, outdoor toilet for us, and there was a spring close to the house. That's where our water came from. All this time, my mom continued to drink, but she moved the two older sisters, my two older sisters myself, in with her and uh, all three of us girls would sleep in the same bed. Um, she would come in and out with her men, and they would be in the other bed, and that was that was very painful uh, to witness this. My older brother had one older brother, and he continued to live with my grandma and grandpa. But he would come and see us, and and he would always come up and check on us. During this period of time, my mom brought a man home that my sister said, oh, this is going to be our, she's going to marry him. This is going to be our our daddy. And I didn't even know what a daddy was because I'd never had one. I just, the only other figure was my grandfather. But after seeing men in and out of the house, it was a little strange to hear them talking about how mom was going to marry this one man. But on this particular day, they were sitting in this shack at this old wooden table, and they were drinking their beer. He wasn't Cherokee. He was white. I even remember that. They were sitting there drinking, and my mom looked down at his boot and said, What is that? And there was a bulge in his boot, and I just remember this. I was very young, but I still remember every detail. And he said, It's a gun, and he pulled it out, and he showed it to her. And just in a flash, a shot went out, and my mom had accidentally pulled the trigger, and the man slumped over. Our life changed after that. I just remember her being put in jail. We had to go to court. I remember visiting her in jail. It was really strange. We continued to live in that shack, my sisters and I, and they pretty much took care of me. My mom was gone for a long time. Um... And when she did come home, 
she never drank again after that. She just ended up settling to a lot of anger and bitterness and depression and shame. There was a lot of... She would hide a lot. Um, but she never drank after that. Unfortunately, during this time, my grandfather died as well. And so there went that person that I always related, that piece of presence. But then a special aunt and uncle had moved back to the reservation. And my aunt sort of took me under her wing. And she started telling me Bible stories about Jesus. And she would tell me how he was the son of God and how he loved me. You know, I didn't know what love was. I just knew all these other horrible emotions, but I didn't know what love was. But she would tell me, and she would read to me about Jesus, and she was always telling me, He loves you. God loves you. And she even helped me memorize John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I still could not relate to how that was a God who loved me. For simply, the only emotions I really knew were anger, resentment, bitterness, and shame. As I went into my teen years, my older sisters moved away, and I always wanted to go to church. I, I'm my mother would not go to church. She she was so full of all of her baggage that she would always get us up on Sunday morning and tell us to go to church, but she would never go with us. I would hear the preaching. I even made a profession of faith, but I still did not grasp the understanding of the Bible or what it was about. I thought I had to be perfect. So when I was in high school, I always tried to be good. I always tried to have an outward, oh, I've got to be good. God loves me if I am good. I still did not ever understand. Unfortunately, as my sisters moved away, yeah, my mom gave up alcohol, but she didn't give up men. And going back to when I was 10, she got pregnant again and had another boy. What I didn't know, she had had other children as well. And only later did I find out that I had seven brothers and sisters. I only actually grew up with the four. But then she got pregnant again with a little boy. And she was going to raise this boy. So her love was given to that little boy, but uh, I became the target of most of her emotional battles, a lot of her anger and bitterness. So my teen years, I even myself began to settle into a depression. I would go through the motions. I would go to church, and I felt like if I went to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday, then I was being good. But I still hid a great deal of those feelings, and I became very depressed. But the one thing 
I was able to do was I was book smart. I was able to study and I was able to do well in high school. And I was convinced that if I could get a scholarship, I could get away to college and just escape all of this. And I graduated in the top of my high school class. I got a scholarship. I was going to go away to college. And as soon as I graduated, within two or three weeks, I, I moved away. And I started college that summer. When I got to college, I didn't realize how naive I was. Well, that's all we have time for today. And she's already shared so much. But Deborah's not alone. Maybe you can relate to the rejection and pain that she's experienced and found that what you thought was a way out only led to more heartache. We want you to know that there really is a way out, and it's found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Would you like to find this rest that Jesus is talking about? Visit our website, withoutreservation.com, and click on the tab, New Life. Or download the Storyteller radio app and choose Hope. You can also write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. That's 877-766-4648. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more to Deborah's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.